Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode. It's the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Obira Georgie Fiacher. Obira is going to talk about the shows he's looking forward to returning in 2021. And I'm going to talk about the shows that didn't make my top 10 list in 2020. And of course, I'm going to talk about the first four episodes of One Division. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It should be a fun one. Welcome to the critically acclaimed Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm, of course, joined by my co-host, Obira Georgia Fiacha. How are you, Obira? Yeah, not bad, not bad. End of another week. Weekend. Um, you know, it's time to stay at home again. <laughs> Bro, um, and, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, doing fine. Yeah, this... How's it going, man? What's going on your end? Yeah, this January has has been a long year. I'm, I'm looking forward to the year starting in February. So 2021 finally <laughs> starting in February. So, this episode is all about TV. We're, we're full on TV this episode. We obviously know what you guys want. We know what our audience wants. And we are trying to provide shows for you guys. Everyone's stuck in lockdown and everyone's asking for TV recommendations. So, we want to just throw our TV shows this episode. Um, OBR is going to talk about TV shows that he's looking forward to returning in 2021. Yes, sir. And I'm going to talk about, well, because I'm very indecisive, but it was very difficult to make a top 10 list for last week's episode. So I'm going to talk about the shows that just didn't make the top 10 list. Um, and then hopefully um, you guys can get new shows and new binges and everything from there. It should be a fun episode. We're here to serve the people. Our only, our only mandate. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Um, so, Obiro, you're talking about TV shows that you're looking forward to returning in 2021. Um, and I'm seeing a few, at least one British classic in that. Do you want to? Do you want to start with our line of fucking DT? Um, it's like. Adrenaline all the way. So basically, for all those who haven't seen Line of Duty, it's basically a police procedural. And uh, it's basically like this little mini team part of the police department who investigates organized crime and police involvement in organized crime in, I think it's Birmingham? I think it's Birmingham. In a city somewhere, basically. And it's just, the dialogue is brilliant. The characters are really well done. It, you know, it, it has, because, you know, sometimes when you're filming a scene, it's, you know, for all the, you know, pieces, you know, the one, the wanners, the pans, and, you know, different sets that I could, you know, film, which look, you know, beautiful. You know, if you, or if you're West Anderson, you can have, you know, a symmetrical frame, which is just fucking insane. Sometimes I think, it's, sorry, um, just because you brought it up, I think Wes Anderson has figured out ways to create new colors. Because I've, <laughs> I saw some steals from the French dispatch, and I was like, this, these colors are ridiculous. He, Never seen them before, exactly. It's, anyway, but let, I'm sorry, I we digress, go back yeah. to Line of Duty. But, yeah, kind of like my point on that um, was, at the end of the day, sometimes, Filming is basically two people 
talking to each other. Like sometimes, or in every single film, there's always going to be someone is talking to somebody. There's always going to be an intro, conflict, a resolution within that within that within that conversation. So, and that's what Line of Duty is because there's a lot of interrogation scenes and it's you know there's a lot of double crossing and you know this person oh I can't believe this person was this person and it's really 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 well well done but yeah go watch Final Duty because it's coming back <laughs> so my first show that I didn't make my top 10 list is The Flight Attendant which is ostensibly a dark comedy about a murder mystery and obviously it's it's that and and but it's just so much fun like it's just an easy breezy show you know the most underrated kind of shows are these shows that mm-hmm. do exactly what it says on the packet. They don't like, they're not trying to be anything more than they are. This is just a yeah. fun show that you can watch in two days. And I think I watched it in a weekend. Like it's, it's starring and produced by Kelly Cuoco, who most people will know from Big Bang Theory, but the real, the real will know her from Eight Simple Rules. Without giving too much of the plot away, a flight attendant played by Kelly Cuoco wakes up in a different country, in a hotel room with a dead body, and that's just essentially she. She was drunk the whole dead. night. She was drunk the whole night. She doesn't remember what happens. Um, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but yeah, it's just the, it. Do, it does have some deeper themes, and it does examine very well actually those deeper themes. But like those themes never really weigh the show down, and it's just this is a show that I I would recommend to anyone really. So. Yeah, that's my first show, The Flight it's Attendant. It's got the Dario guy from... From Game uh, of Thrones. From yeah, Game of Thrones. Dario, the Dario. second Dario, not the first second one. Second yeah. Um, yeah, it has, a, it has a good good bench of, of, of actors and, and character actors. Let's talk about Succession. Okay, let's let's, let's talk about Succession. I, I, didn't, I didn't think this was going to happen so, this early in this podcast. Let me ask you a question. Let me throw you a question. I'll see you. Do you think... Succession is the best show on TV right now. Yeah. That's an easy yes. I mean, you said that. Because it so, is. With so much conviction. And, I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't think of. Okay. So, um, what about. I thought, you know, when I said Succession, I thought you, you know, threw better call Saul back to me. Okay, wait. Okay. That is. That is the only valid competitor, better call. I'm thinking about it now. There's no. Like, not Westworld? Do not, you're trying to goat me into Westworld slander, and I'm not going to slander Westworld. Too hot to handle. Um, But, I think The Crown, which I really love, and I think is a a top-tier show, but I don't, I think, yeah, I think it has to be... The Crown is a top-tier show for sleeping, man, that's what The Crown is for. You are, like, all I need to press is the end meeting button, like, you're (laughs) going very close to kicking, to me kicking you out. Um, No, yeah, so, what your question? Um, succession. Yeah, Better Call Saul. I think I remember, especially the last last season. There were some episodes that they were doing. I was like, like the Bagman episode. I was like, okay, you guys are operating on a, on a level that very few shows have ever operated on. Um, but I think as a show, I think Succession has to be the best because the things they are balancing, the cast they're balancing, and then just honestly, the way it makes me feel. Like when I watch a season, I'm just. I just enjoy the season and I'm, yeah, no, Succession, yeah, best show on TV right now. So I was just, I rewatched the show what, two months ago, the whole two seasons, and I just had, you know, the whole thing just flowed for me. 
and every single scene had a purpose and you know and just kind of contributed to the whole story there was nothing that had to be cut out every single scene had a specific purpose and that's just kind of what you know and it was obviously you know it's well done it's got you know the lead you know originator and creator of the show jesse armstrong he's really you know well versed in the whole you know black humor and i just you know i really enjoy um you know dark comedy you know jesse armstrong you know ricky gervais uh the guy from martin mcdonough martin mcdonough yeah he's incredible as well and i think especially mcdonough and jesse armstrong i think they have some kind of theater background as well so i'm guessing that helps a little bit also with... british so <laughs> with yeah. um, i don't know if it's the british humor how they exactly with how they film their, their things especially they kind of utilize this you know mockumentary style filmmaking which you know you see in shows like the office and veep mm-hmm. your personal fave and uh other you know other shows as well like thick of it was pretty pretty big on you know that kind of quick zooms and just weird awkward style filmmaking which you find a lot in this show and the dialogue is just insane like there's one <laughs> there's one line about priests and catholic priests that i don't want to say on here yeah no this is <laughs> me, um, and, and watch the show watch the show and it's it's not supposed to be funny like it's definitely not funny but it's funny and that's the only way I can explain it. But um, yeah, watch Succession, best show on TV. Um, exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, one of our producers, Ibuka, is, is on this call because he's a Succession denier, and we'll have to it, cut him off. it's one of his. It's one of his character defects, if I'm being honest. It's it's something that <laughs> like I feel he needs to address before he he goes on in in the world. Um, well, let's go to a, a show that is a bit more just wholesome. And just nice on my list. Love um, Island. We can't be exposing all our secrets in, in, <laughs> in the first episode. Um, so um, let's go to Ted Lasso. Now I don't know. I actually don't know the popularity of Ted Lasso in the UK, which is ironic. I don't know how many people actually know about the show Ted Lasso. Uh, but this is a more straightforward comedy than either like The Flight Attendant or Succession. And it's created by, starring and co-written by Jason Sudeikis. So, SNL, We're the Millers, Horrible Bosses. Um, this show was based back in 2013, 2014. NBC, a channel in America, got the rights to show the Premier League. So, they had this, like, couple of series of adverts in which a college football, American football coach, played by Jason Sudeikis, came to England to coach Tottenham Hotspurs. And it was... They're, they're funny. I think anyone who hasn't watched them should go on YouTube and watch them. It's 2013, 2014. And they were funny. They were nice. I'm like, okay, that's good. We left them. And then seven years later, they announced they're making a TV show based on that premise. And everyone's like, I personally, I was like, why? That What are you Same. doing? I was like, So I, dev- I had such low expectations for this show. And I think that probably influenced the way I felt about the show eventually because my expectations were so low. But Obviously, it's not Tottenham in the in the show. It's um, a fictional sh- a fictional team, but it did they did so. It it's just as someone who obviously wants to create 
film and TV and stuff like that. Just seeing people do something that should not work in any way and just pulling it off. I mean, it's just the first season. Hopefully, the future seasons can improve on what they've done. But I was just like, oh my God, okay, wow, fair enough. Because it's funny, it has heart, it's emotional, it's smart. It's... And like the biggest thing for me, and I can say in support of the show, is that you know that they respect football. Like they do, they do do some absurd things because again, it's a comedy, but you can tell that they respect football. They respect football fans in the UK. They respect the UK, and I think that was very important for me because I didn't want people to feel like they're just like, oh yeah, we can write about about soccer and and stuff like that. Um. So, as a random aside, I was watching Mindy Kaling's um four we- four weddings and a funeral reboot. And then there's a, there was an incredible, obviously that was based in the UK as well. And there's an incredible Mosala joke in it. And it's like, you know that that joke was written by one, somebody that lives in the UK and two, someone that watches football and knows who Mosala yeah. is. And, like, and that just gives you, and that's kind of the feel you get throughout, um, Ted Lasso. You can tell, okay, these people kind of did their work. I know what they're doing. I know, I know what they're doing. They know this, this environment. And, and I think it's just, it's just a nice show. And to its credit, I mean, when Apple TV was coming out, Apple TV Plus or whatever they call it, was coming out, they were like, okay, look, at this, this is our next house of cards. So they had The Morning Show, which was starring legit movie stars and like Oscar nominees. And they had AJC Momoa post-apocalyptic show, which was like their next Game of Thrones and everything. And like, these were, these were meant to be their big hits. And then there's this little comedy that probably costs less than Steve Carell's salary for the morning show and it's like this is the show that that is apple tv's marquee show now um so i think they're giving it a third season renewal which i think might be the last season because i think it's gonna be a three season show but um it's the show that's like this is apple tv it's the show that got them the most viewers and everything anyway but that's just i think anyone who likes football and comedy will probably like the show and people that just like comedy in general Give the show a chance. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good show, and I don't want to oversell it because I think me coming in with low expectations kind of helped. But um, talk to me about sex education. Let's talk about sex, please. This is a good show. It's fun. It's colorful. So, I mean, it's supposed to be set in. It's supposed to be set in the UK. It doesn't really have a defined location about where it's set, but it kind of looks. It has a kind of American feel, mm-hmm. but you know it's all British actors on there, and it's got what's the gosh I Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson, she's ridiculous in the show. She kind of because she code switches, doesn't she? She goes from like English to um, American so easily, and she's mm-hmm. incredible in the show. And it's just weird, man. It's just a weird show. Like they kind of. It's weird, but it's purposeful as well. So they kind of take all these, you know, <laughs> when you talk about sex, everyone has, you know, it's quite uncomfortable sometimes, or it's quite, you know, it's awkward, or it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking, to, talking about sex with um, your parents and stuff. But at the end of it, you know, throughout all the ridiculous things that happen, there's still these little moments where it's able to discuss deeper topics to younger audiences yeah it's a very it's a very tender show like it's it pulls off all its emotional beats very well and just to what you were saying about 
it it is based in the UK. I think I don't think there's any ambiguity about that. But it's kind of I think it's based in like a fictional town in the UK, and I think that's all to give it this sense of universality because it's based in the UK. But the school looks very American. Very American. They yeah. have like it's like American lockers, and they have like American events and stuff like that. They even wear uniforms, do they? Even like the time period is a bit like. You don't necessarily know what year you're in because yeah they have phones but like all the cars are like 1980s and 1970s cars so it's mm-hmm. kind of modeled against the like um the classic like school growing coming of age comedies of like Ferris Bueller and High Breakfast yeah. Breakfast Club and things like that. so I think it's meant to give you like you can watch that show in 2040 and probably still appreciate it the way you'd appreciate it in 2021 so um yeah i look i'm i like i think sex education is a really good show i think it's one of those shows i just think like everything they set out to do they achieve everything that it does it does well Mm -hmm. but um speaking of sex speaking of sex that didn't make my top 10 but i i feel like it should have i'm not sure why it didn't um industry now in preparing for this episode i didn't write I didn't write any notes on industry because I feel like talking about industry off notes is a bit like disingenuous to what this show is. So I'm just like, what comes to your mind when you think of industry? Did you take did you take Coke before I was talking about industry. Any <laughs> We do not endorse any form of drug use on this podcast. Um probably one of my best shows of last year, man. If not top top two, I'd say. I've rewatched it like two, three times. It is, it has, you know, combination of, you know, youth and some maybe coming of age kind of thing. Maybe not really coming of age. No, yeah, I think youth, I think that's a valid that's a valid point. Element in there plus, you know, the finance, the whole financial industry, plus debauchery. Those three things. It's like, it's like a big tasty burger from McDonald's for me. It's oh, give give it all to me. Um, you you are very intent on making this a McDonald's positive podcast, which I do not plan on doing. So listen, we've been in lockdown for two months. Um, we can't go to the gyms. So McDonald's we is your, our, okay. we need to train our jaws. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, actually, I did have one note in industry, and I think it's it's depiction of drug use, very upper middle class guys that probably went to like. Eton and Cambridge and stuff like that and they're walking in London. No one talks about their drug use. So, hypothetically, right, this is hypothetically, I hypothetically went to a party of a friend of mine from from Nigeria and hypothetically, he had some of his friends there from uni and then we went, when we finished for the, the event, we went back to like the friend's place because they all, they lived close by. And again, hypothetically, they had. I went. I walked into walked into the the house, and there was just like cocaine lying on this side. Whoa! Right. <laughs> so that was the first time I had like just seen. I had seen it right, and then he, he was, and then he he asked me if I wanted some, and I feel like I said no in like ten different languages at the same time. Because I I thought it was something that one you would like hide, and two you would like not necessarily share. Cause my knowledge was that it was quite expensive that you don't actually just share around with people. But like, mm-hmm. so that was like that was an experience for me. I was like, oh okay. And for the parents of my dad who might be listening, then I went back home and prayed. 
but, but yeah, yeah industry I mean, industry I mean, shows it and they're like this is how these people who just left uni at 21 22 and are working in banks in london this is what they do this is how they live their lives and like yeah i mean i've kind of i've been to parties and i've seen you know different wild shit you know happening i won't go into much detail about that but uh, i mean i haven't I mean, so i haven't seen it yet that was a hypothetical uh, scenario. Oh. <laughs> um, and I mean, you're, there's always that you know one person that kind of goes like, "Guy, you need to relax a little, <laughs> <laughs> just chill out," you know, stop. You know, you're you're gonna destroy a body. But I mean, even it happens everywhere, man. Like, hmm. I think even the people that you wouldn't even expect do it have probably done it, and it's just, you know, it's a drug. But I'm saying, like, no one is talking about the drug use epidemic among the white, con- conservative, mostly young, like, upper middle class people, right? Don't talk about drugs, you, you have a depiction in your head. I'm like, there's a problem going on. But anyway, that's not, that's not what, but it's kind of something that industry kind of shows. And it's like, this is mm-hmm. how they live their lives. They they go out partying to 4 a.m. and they're back in the office at like 7, 8 a.m. Like, but the thing is, is I've heard, cause I've got some friends who work in IB and I mean, they say that they don't even have time to, to even do that amount of drugs because, I mean, they're working all the way and they just, you know, go back home and, and so, I mean, the, the whole drugs thing can be debated anyway. But yeah, back to the show. Let's talk about the show. I think even like you know we're not like you know big financial guys are we? Mm-hmm. But just how they set up the stakes for something that's about to happen, mm-hmm. and you know you know that you know Harper has to do something to do something unless she's going to mm-hmm. make money or lose money, and just how they set up everything is really well done. Yeah, and they've they've got the amazing Ken Ken Long Ken. Ken Long. The amazing Ken Long, yeah. And, I mean, he is... He's like... He's, he's like a midfielder who just, you know, when the ball is rolling to him, he just whacks it he, and thunderfucks in, you know... He's on a corner. different stratosphere. He's going all the, all the time. He's, just, like, he's like Adam Atriori of the series. He's just going, <laughs> going but, all um, the time. Yeah, but like, I, I, I think... I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but it's like... I mentioned how they're just setting shows and genres where I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. But, like, you pull me in and you create the world in a way that I understand what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but I understand what to feel. So when Harper is saying she's going 4 over 50, uh, I don't know what that means, but I know that if she doesn't get it, she's in trouble. She's fucked, yeah. Yeah, so, and I, I think that's the most important thing. Is like, it doesn't tell you what it means, but it tells you how to feel. And I think the thing about industry is that, and I'm, I think if I had rewatched it before making my list, as I've been high on my list, I 100% know that when I rewatch it, it, I would appreciate it more for two reasons. One, the first time I watched it, I stupidly and unconsciously actually started like comparing it to Succession for obvious reasons. And when you're comparing it to a show that we're just debating whether it was the best show on TV, like it's going to fall short. So, mm-hmm. I had to obviously stop that. I had to tell my brain to stop that. So, I think I didn't appreciate it as much, and I think I will appreciate it more when I rewatch it. 
The second thing, and I would say this to anyone starting industry, I personally think you should watch industry with subtitles on. I realized this very late in in the in the, in the season, but because there's so much going on in a scene, like you're watching two characters on screen, but they're like four different characters speaking off screen. Yeah, the speaking throwing, off screen thing is really really good. They're throwing off some incredible jokes off screen. But yeah. you don't catch them if you're not if you don't, you don't have subtitles. Yeah. Unless you have like some dragon ears or something, but it's impossible to catch all. Yeah. The Kenny, Kenny, and Rishi in the background are having a hell of a time. So especially you need especially to Rishi. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's industry is a show that I, I fully recommend, and I think I double recommend. It. Well, it's again, it's this is one show that I I would recommend to everyone because I think. You've heard us describe this show, so you know what you like. Um, I think if you're someone who kind of likes the usual HBO fare, I think you'll be a big fan of industry. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good show. Yeah, objectively, if you like money, show. or if you like debauchery, or if you like terrible people, then yeah, go for it. So this show is not exactly coming back in twenty twenty one, but it's coming to the UK in twenty twenty one. It's called Zero Zero Zero. Oh, it's, okay. I'll allow it. It's basically an international crime drama, which is ranging from it's going to be locations in the states mm-hmm. and in South America, and I think there's going to be a huge. Um, setting in Italy as well, which focus on like the southern Italian gangs and stuff. Yeah. I think it might kind of range to other locations, like I'm seeing like Gambia and I'm seeing, you know, the Middle East as well. So it's gonna be all kinds of you know, people, you know, from different parts of the world just involved in that show. And it's just, you know, crime international crime. Mm-hmm. You know, not just any normal crime, it's international. <laughs> it's international, it's special. <laughs> it's special. Uh and it's, you know, different languages and you know, it's got one of my favorite actors, Gabriel Byrne, from just, Usual Suspects. From Usual Suspects, yeah. And Miller's Crossing, probably his two best movies. And I just you know watched Miller's Crossing a lot two weeks ago, and he was really good in that. And he's um, just kind of really excited for that show. So yeah, it's basically like international gangsters in different languages. Boom. Yeah, I've only heard. I've only heard good things about zero zero zero. I can't wait for the scene where somebody explains to that person how they do their money laundering. <laughs> can't wait for that uh, scene. Yeah, that scene. There was a really good scene on um, another show, Ozark. Yeah, Ozark did it well. Ozark did, Ozark, Ozark did, did it, it very so well. so well with the like washing machine and stuff. Yeah, washing machine did, did and, stuff well. and all the scene cutting, but that scene always works. Out. If it's done well, it just I'm just always yeah. It's like I think it's on par with. The um, the heist assembling the crew scene. Those are scenes oh. that you just you just know they're gonna work. And I'm just like so. I hope the problem is obviously you can be fun. You can go very fun with the whole money laundry scene, or you can be very serious and dull. I really hope you, the fun ones are always good. Like either in terms of like the way you deliver it, or in terms of the direction. Like Ozarkson was mainly in terms of the direction because you do the washing machine and then you see. The guy in Mexico getting the money and all that, but that's cool. Um, yeah, zero zero zero. Um, I've only heard good things about it. I've tried to stay away from information because I want to watch it like kind of like it's clean slate. But I think it's 
just to rec- since we're recommending shows, I think Zero Zero. Look, it's a show that deals with like Obira said, international crime, and probably probably money laundering and like a group of different gangs who think somebody's stop across them. I don't know, but I think that's like the subsect. So like, if you like any of those things, just sign up for the show, man. Like, we, there's I don't think there's much more we could say. Um, so I'm going to talk about two two of my shows real quick. Um, so the first one is the Harley Quinn show, and this show is definitely not for Obira. So I'm I'm recommending this to everyone else. Um, so it's the Harley Quinn animated show, and like, there's been a lot of Harley Quinn content in recent years, but I think this is like. This is the best best thing we've got from, about Harley Quinn recently. Um, this Why so? Sh- yeah. So this show is, again, produced by Kaylee Coco, and she voices Harley Quinn. And that's two shows on my list. So I think I'm like, I'm a full-on Coco pop at this point. Um, it's funny. It's rude. It's brash. It's weird. It's, um, I think anyone who, one, likes the the character of Harley Quinn and like the whole Batman universe, Batman world of the DC universe would like the show. And then just like, honestly, it's just fun. If you're a fan of comedy, I think you like the show. There's a whole, this show is so out of pocket. There's a whole segment, right? In one of the early episodes, we had Dr. Psycho, a super villain. He has to go on a media tour to repair his image because during a fight with Wonder Woman, he calls her a word that we cannot see on this podcast because it's only our second episode. And the, him calling out that, obviously, people record it on social media, but him calling out that word affects his image so badly that Lex Luthor has, to, on behalf of the Injustice League, has to put out a communicado official and is like, we no longer sponsor this guy and he's too bad even for us because he called, like, wow. and he has to go on, he has to go on talk shows. He, has, he goes on a Wendy Williams-like talk show to talk about how he respects women and obviously he goes on with his wife. So it's just like it's it's just an incredible show, man. Um it does it's so out of pocket. Uh, very good voice cast as well, very good voice guest cast. Um What do you think about the Harley Quinn movie? Um I I think when I first like watched it. it. No 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 when I first watched it, I think I liked it. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't think I liked it as much. I think what I liked it the first time I watched it was not necessarily the story, but I was very attracted to performances. Like, everyone really? seemed to be... Like, look, this was a good cast of people. This was It was, it was obviously Margot Robbie, then Ewan McGregor, Chris Messina, who I really like. like Mini Projects, yeah. Mini Projects, um, Shop Objects. And I then, got the only one, the Sam Smith video, he was in that. I did not know that. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously the Birds of Prey. You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jenny Smollett, Rosie Perez, who's also on Flight Attendant. Like these were all these are all good actresses and actresses and actors. And like everyone was having fun. No one more so than Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina. And like that was just so the performances were just electric and fun. And I think that's why I really gravitated towards. But then the more I thought about, and then oh no, but to be fair to the show, to be fair, the action is good. Like it's. I think one of, not to take away credit from the directors, who, the director and producers, who obviously was kind of, was a whole all-female team, but they did bring in one of the directors of John Wick as like a consultant and like helping, and like the action is good, the action is, there's this whole sequence with Harley Quinn in the 
um, police station, and the, the, the action is it's good. So I think leaving the theater, the action plus the performances, I was like, oh, I, I think I can't quite like that show, can't like that movie. But like the more I thought about it, I was like, I felt like the other parts kind of let it down, the plot and and, and stuff like that. Um, well, it was on a Suicide Squad, so that's that's oh all. That's all they really needed to do. Um, yeah, so my second show I was going to talk about is Soulmates. So this is an anthology show. And obviously, for those who don't know, there's like every episode is a different cast, a different like story. Mirror, yeah, but based around kind of thing, yeah. based around the same the same theme. And so the premise of this show is that in about like 15 years into the future, this company develops a way to test for this. So they, they find the soul gene and they find a way to develop it to test for your soulmate. So you do a test and they can tell you who your soulmate is. And oh, very interestingly, the first episode stars Sarah Snook from who is obviously Shiv from Succession, and Kingsley Benadier, who like I think I talked about last week, he plays Malcolm X in Regina King's movie One Night in Miami, also Barack Obama in a TV show. But anyway, um, so that's the premise of the show. They find a way to test for your the soul gene, and they can find your soulmate. And I thought, okay. Six episodes, that's basically what every episode is going to be. It's going to be people finding out who their soulmates is, but like under different experiences. Mm-hmm. And my biggest surprise for the show was that it was like, no. So it, so it took that premise and like every show, every episode was just, was just different. So for example, there's an episode, and obviously not to spoil anything, but it kept answering questions that I didn't know I was asking. So there's an episode right. where... The episodes are around people, so the main characters have kind of like defined their soulmates, but their soulmates are already dead, right? right. And then we find out that there's a, there's a church who is like kind of as as certain churches would do. They're kind of like running a fraud scheme, so they're like, okay, come, kill yourself. Like they they preach to their followers, kill yourselves. If your soulmates are dead, what's point of you living? Kill yourself so you can go and join them in heaven, right? And obviously. Throughout that process, they get all their bank details and everything and siphon their money. And it was like, I wondered, I was like, obviously, like, that's it. Yeah, obviously, some people's soulmates will be dead. And obviously, there'll be a religious institution that would, like, try to profit of that and try to fraud them. And, like, so it was answering questions to, like, it was answering, giving answers to questions I didn't even think about. There was an episode where someone finds their soulmate and their soulmate is an alleged psychopath. So like, what does that say about you? If you do, if you if you if you're someone's a psychopath, like you then start asking yourself those questions: Am I a psychopath? Like, why should my soulmate be a psychopath? Like, so it's it, it's. I think there are six episodes, and I think it has the biggest um, success rate of any season of of um, what do you call it of an anthology show I've ever watched. Like, there were six episodes. And I think five out of six for me were just great. There was one that I didn't really like, but like. Pirates of Six which were great, and I don't, I don't think I've ever watched an anthology season that was just like that kind of like approval rating. So only um, Black Mirror before the Damn Americans. Yeah, but even Black even Black Mirror, like I think even there's some seasons that are just maybe three episodes that I don't like one episode. I mean, season one and two are pretty up there. Which one has three. the Which one has the Waldo moment? Three. Is that three? Oh, okay. Then maybe season one and two. Well, I know I know people that don't like, for example, they don't like Black Bear. Like I know people that don't like the early, some early, early episodes of of what they call it. Of they Black should come Mary. out and 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 see themselves, out themselves, so I can block 
I think Black Mirror was good, man. Sure okay, season one is perfect. Okay, season one of Black Mirror is perfect. It's National Anthem, 50 million merits, and entire history of you. That's actually a perfect, a perfect season. Yeah. Okay, no. Season two has Be Right Back. And the world. That's moment. one of the best. Yeah, the but best. I don't think it has a universal approval rating. That's one of the best. This didn't this guy they got nominated as well, I think. And then the Waldo moment is there, which I don't really like. It, it has a bit of Trump um suit saying, but it wasn't really it's not really a great episode. So I think maybe only season one of Black Mirror, which was a hundred percent. But um yeah, so that's soulmates. Um I think anyone who likes I, I just look, man, check it out. I liked it. Financial my list is a show that we both watched and I think we both really enjoyed. Gangs of London. So the premise is, is you know, it's in the name of Gangs of London. So Wait, can I just say, can I just say like fair play to just just shows that just they just put it out there. They're like, this is what we are in the title. Like this is Gangs of London. This is it. This is just this is what we, we are. To, yeah. We're doing any trailers, we're just giving you Yeah, the, it's just gangs of London, man. Yeah, so it's I mean different gangs. Something happens, and one of the gangs is trying to find out why mm-hmm. or who caused that, you know, specific events to, to, to occur. And mm-hmm. it's just it kind of, kind of goes crazy and spirals out of control. And you know, there's the gangs, there's the police, and I think what kind of differentiates it from all these gangs and police shows is the action scenes are. Insane. Let's talk about the action scenes. Let's talk about the action Let's scenes. Let's talk about so, Gangs of London is directed by Gareth Evans, who did The Raid and The Raid 2. I personally, I have to be honest, I haven't seen them, but like everyone, I think everyone who has seen them and knows kind of like these are modern day action, like legendary the films. Raid. Yeah, he did The Raid and Raid 2. And like those films are films that like have directly influenced John Wick. Like they even got some of the actors to be in John Wick 2. Is it's kind of influenced what action films have been since like post twenty ten, or rather post twenty fifteen. So, Gangs of London, for like the first seven episodes, right, is people talking for like forty minutes, forty five minutes, and they're talking about things that people talk about loyalty, death, whatever, right, and then it's just ten to fifteen minutes of just pure chaotic wall-to-wall action it's it's the, the set pieces in the first two episodes you watch like there's that there's a there's, an, there's like a 10 minute bar fight in the first episode mm-hmm. i think and then you're like yeah. and you always think okay well that's fair enough they did that in their first episode so they can grab you but every episode they just kept on in, increasing the ante it was it's the action is ridiculous in 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 gangs of london it's just chaotic action and just yeah, some things are obviously, you know, Tarantino-esque where it's exaggerated a little bit to, mm-hmm. you know, produce that added effect of, you know, this is actually what's going down. Shit is actually going all the way down. But also, I mean, the action kind of serves the story as well. So it's not like they're fighting just to fight. They're actually fighting to telling the story. Yeah, and yeah, of course. I love, I just love when this kind of with zero 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 as well, when there's just like different gangs, there's like the, you know, there's the Italian gang, there's the, this gang, there's this gang, there's the black gang, there's the Irish gang. I don't know, I just always like that kind of, that kind of um, thing when it's just like different gangs and 
there's you know, there's little beefs between all of them, but there's always that one gang that is the head of all the gangs, and yeah, that I'm always in for all that kind of all that kind of drama. <laughs> um, so if you like a show with several gangs and several gangs competing for turf and people talking about loyalty and guns and a lot of intense action. Then yeah, definitely check out Gangs of London. I think it was was it a Sky show? Was it a Sky yeah, Atlantic show? Sky. Yeah. Yeah. So um definitely check definitely check it out. So I'm gonna talk about the first four episodes of One Division that have been released. Um just off the bat, I really like the show. And honestly I was on board after the first two episodes dropped. Also, I, if I told a few of you, I think I told a few people not to like start watching just yet. I told them to wait and binge. Um, I think it's kind of got to a point right this week with episode five, hopefully, that you can now catch up and just, and just binge it because spoilers about to, to start coming in. It was a bit of a... It was a start that I really enjoyed. It was a start that I knew that was probably going to be a bit slow for some people, so I did tell them not to, not to start immediately and just give it some time. But I think you can all get on board now. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about One Division for a bit, and when it gets to the spoiler area, I'm going to obviously let you guys know. So, obviously, through promotional materials, I kind of knew that One Division Vision were stuck in some sort of sick sitcom. But I don't think I was prepared for One Division the show to be a sitcom. At least in the first three episodes, it kind of identifies a sitcom. It starts off being a 50s sitcom, then a 60s, then a 70s. Um, I personally am someone who loves experimentation. I love just to see creators and writers and whatever just try different stuff and try weird stuff. Um, so I love that a show or a company as comfortable as Marvel where like, we're like, okay, let's, let's play around. And it, it drastically and frankly, I think pulled off something quite, quite different to what is normal. No more MCU fair. Like, no more MCU fair. You're something big and bold. And this is very small and intimate. And Plus, they decided to release the episodes weekly as opposed to, obviously, a binge, which is a very daring plan. Well, I liked it. I like that you get to watch it weekly. Um, and I think Disney Plus is the kind of the best place for this kind of experimentation because I want incredible writers, incredible directors, and incredible actors to be able to experiment and do weird stuff and do good work and i think when you don't have the burden of like box office and chasing records and whatever you can do that so i want wonder vision to experiment i want she hulk to experiment i want miss marvel to experiment most especially i want like moon knight to experiment i want you to go weird do weird shit do do stuff that like that you couldn't do on the big screen because you thought you might lose viewers and lose box office tickets and stuff like that i i don't think mcu should equal only like spectacle on large scale i think just as i think everyone every creator i think you should be free to like tell whatever types of stories you want to tell in whatever medium you feel necessary you know just like normal comics um yeah and the last thing i'll the last last thing i'll say before i go into like the spoiler territory is that actors are so cool man like the stuff Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Catherine Han are doing in these first three episodes, it's, it's so incredible. Like, the way they talk, the way they, they move, the, their facial expressions, they're they so 
perfect and attuned for like the sitcoms of the time they're portraying. And it's it's easy to forget that the job of acting is so intricate and so difficult. Like Paul Bettany is doing stuff that like Dick Van Dyke did and like Elizabeth Olsen is doing stuff from from my love Lucy. It's just it's just really, really interesting and I really like it. Just for anyone listening, this is the spoiler warning. We're gonna go into a bit of spoiler. Not much, admittedly, because the fourth episode is really the first episode to really go into spoiler territory. But um, I I think it's like the halfway point of, of the show, so like now things are beginning to amp up and it's going to get quite interesting. Um, first of all, I think the casting of Deborah Jo Rupp is like it's such a phenomenal casting because we associate her with being the mother in that seventies show. So we not only know her. And link her with sitcoms, but we link her with like period sitcoms. So when she comes up in a fifties sitcom, we believe it, we accept it, and that's interesting. I think that was very good casting from from the Marvel Marvel side. And honestly, let's just, let's just talk about episode four because episode four is really where the spoilers come out. And I think Marvel deciding to throw in Darcy, who's Kat Denning's character, Agent Wu, portrayed by Randall Park, and not one, but two Rambo women. It's just like, it's just Marvel show enough, to be honest. Like, you just threw four characters that you believe, you expect people to already know from other films, and then you throw in Sword, which is so cool. Um, I think, honestly, I'm probably in the select, like, niche of people who, one, love MCU stuff. We love, I love, I love the movies, I love what the MCU has done in the last 13 years. But I'm also someone who incredibly loves TV and I, I can watch a 50s sitcom and a 60s sitcom and and watching Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Catherine Han, Deborah Jarrop, watching them do that for three episodes, which was enough for me. Like, I, if that was a TV show, I would watch it. The TV show was entirely just WandaVision as a 60s comedy. I would watch that. I would enjoy that. But obviously, it's more. It's also an MCU movie and then you get to see the whole aspect, aspect ratio changes and it comes on MCU TV show. So um, it's just this perfect combination of a lot of my interests. And it's, it's quite nice. I mean, Monica Rambeau being a product of, of the snap, you know, she, she disappeared when Thanos did the snap and then she came back. So like, it's like, oh, okay. It's just a nice wrinkle to the story and I'm very excited. I, I really hope this, the last five episodes of the season kind of build off the groundwork that the first three episodes did. Um, and hopefully it can like justify my my interest in, in the show. So I'm really excited. Um, I plan on speaking about the show in, in coming episodes, and maybe depending on each installment, maybe on a weekly basis. So, um, I think that's a good point for us to end it. I think we get out of here. Thank you to everyone still listening. Thank you to people who listened to our first episode and gave us feedback. Um, if you have any questions, any feedback, any information and like i said before if we want to speak to you guys if you have any shows of movies that you've watched and you want to talk about reach us on twitter on instagram email us at popcornfordinnerpod at gmail.com we're looking forward to hearing from you guys we want you guys to be part of us developing this podcast um yeah so thank you once again to my co-host obira georgie fiatra to our ever reliable producers ibuka namani and chinedu heji our friend Anna Woma, who composed our theme music, and the music will be playing now too. Thank you. Please, everyone, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of those around you. It's 
just a mess out there so please take care of yourselves and just be as safe as possible and hopefully we'll be back next week when we'll be joined by a special a very special guest British writer, director and producer and actor John Boyega see you guys then bye bye guys Thank you.